does. Yeah. Awesome, awesome. That is so awesome. Um, I have a brother who is an architect, so I have an insight into what architects go through, and you know, sleepless nights and everything. <laughs> you know, you know and, and we understand so well when he says that you must count the cost or make the plan or the wise man that built his house on the rock yes. and, the, and, and the storms came. And, with architecture, there is no, there is no, how do I put it? Um, I wanted to say it in my, I wanted to say it in my dialect, in my Yoruba dialect. You can't, you can't just do anything and just, we don't just take, no, because we would see. Because when you make, when you draw the plans, you yeah. must draw something that must be workable that when you give the builder, the builder will take it and will build according to specification. You can't just say, oh, I like the way it looks. I just make it fine. Like, no, it must be practical. These, the, we do not just the plans and the facade, we do the details. You must show where the roof meets the gutter and the wall, and you will show where it, it works. How do I put it? Where, it must work on paper before yes. it must work in real life. Yeah. So true. that shapes my, you know, even in ministry, and I thank mm -hmm. God for being spirit-filled, walking with the Holy Spirit, I thank God. So I'm not a very, it's not like I'm a very logical person, structured person, but the thing is, it must be plain on paper. It must work, yes. you see, before you. <laughs> <laughs> it must be possible. It must be real. It must be something that can work. It must be real. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, wow. It's amazing how God just um, always takes the best to do his work, you know. Thank best God. in the fields to do his work. And my husband too, you know, he's a civil, well, he studied as a civil engineer. Yeah. Before, you know, answering fully the call of God. So, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> engineer so, like, so, he used to be a lecturer in mathematics at the University of Lagos. Mathematics, exactly. Yeah. So, it does, it does add up and you need those skills. Even if you look at Paul, you know, in the Bible, he was able to do so much because he was so learned. You know, he was, was a lawyer, scholar. exactly. So learned. It's, it's, mm. I mean, I, I believe that the people out there that are gaining from this, you know, I've, I have um, people who are medical doctors, professional, like my, it's, it's my brother, uh, what's his name, um, Pastor Shola Folalade, he did for medicine, he read, qualified. And he left everything, yeah. You know, he's a few years older than me, but we were in unit together. So I know he qualified as a medical doctor. So it's awesome. It's awesome. And you can see that no knowledge is wasted. Even in ministry, I need to bear, you bring it in and it's beautiful. Thank you so much for that, uh, Pastor Nick. Now, uh, my next question is that you and your husband have huge and varied responsibilities. How are you able to maintain a work-life balance? keep a happy home and have a successful marriage with everything you have to do. Thank you. Hmm. <laughs> Sometimes I don't know about balance. I used to teach work-life balance at one time, especially even um, advise and consult in it. But after a while, the whole theories I felt were messed up and we really should talk about um, how do I put it? Juggling work and life. The, mm. the balance is not a total, it's not always balanced per time. So mm. there are times where it would, things will weigh more on the ministry and work. And there are times where things are eased off a bit. 
Mm. And we need to give more time to the family. So the balance may not be an everyday balance, but um, they're just conscious. So I'm the one that's conscious, conscious. When we're really too far gone into, I'm always, you know, sounding the alarm. Mm. Apart from sounding the alarm, I try to pull back. Mm. Also, I try to pull back um, for myself and for the children to try and look, okay, if you're not pulling back, at least if one of us pulls back, <laughs> that will be fine, you know? So um, yeah, the times I've had to really pull back um, because I'm also a bit of a worker myself. You know, I like mm. to be very hands-on. Um, and when you think about family is first, um, I think the important thing is just to keep abreast, just to be thoughtful yeah. about the children about the marriage itself. You know, I remember times I would tell him or maybe talk to myself about the fact that I had seen marriages of ministers, you know, maybe just crash. Mm. And even though there was there was some that in their 20 something year of marriage crash. So when you see that, what you realize is um, there's something that was not um, you know, of course, we know there's the attack of the end. The enemy is always trying to seek how to destroy. The Bible says in John 10, 9, it comes to um, steal, kill, and to destroy. And Jesus said, I have come that you might have life more abundantly. But you have to take that abundant life. It's not just going to like come on you like that. You have to take it and apply it. You know, so... Um, I remember, okay, I don't want to mention names here, but um, okay, I can say that we all know Benny Hinn. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. he's done, I mean, he and his wife, they blessed the body of Christ so amazingly, I thank God. So they broke up. So that was a year they broke up. I can't remember what year was that. Um, and they shocked everybody, it shocked the whole world. But I thank God today they're remarried, right? Yes, Not yeah. everyone um, has turned out that way, but they were able to be married, right? Mm. Well, when it happened, for me, I didn't think, I just thought, you know, I felt bad for them and for everyone in the body of Christ because it wasn't to, I, we didn't get into the detail of the story, who was wrong, who was not wrong. In my mind, I just thought, oh my God, it's work. Yeah. It's ministry. That's, I, I didn't blame anybody and I didn't, I didn't blame him, I didn't blame her, you know, and I didn't blame ministry, but I just, I knew that that was a huge part of it. Without being judgmental, I knew that was a huge part of it. And I knew that, you know, God, the Bible says, the blessing of the Lord makes rich and adds no sorrow. God is not a God of confusion. Um, he, he gives us work to do, but he, sometimes he doesn't give like the details of how you should balance your life. He expects us to, you know, take wisdom, so much wisdom in Proverbs. Yeah. And the book of Proverbs, so much wisdom in observing um, mm. just everyday life um, expects us not to overdo certain things, you know, and now say, oh, is the work God sent me. So if God sent us to win souls, didn't he send us also to ensure that we are, our families are preserved, our mental yeah. health, our emotions, even of our children as well. Yeah. You know, but I, I, I knew and I could see ahead how addictive ministry was mm. because I also 
you know, was feeling the addiction too. <laughs> like I was saying, I was aware, I was aware, you know, I was feeling the addiction too. And I know how easy it is to, um, how fulfilling it is to help people, to love people, to pray for them, to preach, to, to be called upon, come and do naming ceremony for our children, come and bury our dead, come and, you know, you're the one, you preached and the word, uh, I took this word and I started my business and it succeeded. And so please come and dedicate the same business. You know, that's mm. the same thing. That is the story of pastors like, ah, pastor, you know, you're the one that named this child. You know, look, pastor, you know, when we had a delay, you're the one that prayed for us. Then after five years, the child came. Now this is the child. You have to name the child. Then all that time, who was using Zoom and all of that? What, what, no. we didn't, well, when did we start using technology? <laughs> COVID times, have been mm-hmm. Okay, before COVID times, maybe a little, but with COVID, we've gone full throttle, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. So that's the story of pastors' lives, male and female, mm-hmm. especially male pastors. Yeah. Uh, so this is the child. So the child is uh, first birthday. Ah, pastor, you come and pray. First birthday, first birthday. Ah, okay. You know, depending on how large your church is <laughs> and how well you have put structures, because even if you put structures in, like us in this, that they're pastors, they're leaders who go do stuff, mm-hmm. you know, so we're like, ah, no. Ah, that's the PN. If he can't come, then PN has to come. I say, ah. <laughs> you know, so uh, the attachment to people, because unlike um, architecture, your law, your um, what else? Owning a restaurant, cooking, making food for yeah. people, being a pharmacist. Those jobs sometimes have, um, um, how do I put it? One, closing time. Two, um, you have, mm. you're working with things. You're working with people, but you are working with things. I don't know how to put it. Mm. Your human beings need food. So if it's okay, the ugu or the fufu or the jollof rice will be ready by a certain time. You give them the time. They can't yeah. pick it or you deliver it. Um, but this is people. It's people. people are, it's people. Your revenue is like in people. It's not even in cash. It's in people. <laughs> but the people are the ones carrying the cash. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> I don't know how pastors think. Maybe they, if I say no to this person, the person will be annoyed and leave the church. I don't know. When they leave, they've left. They've left with their money and everything. But let's even put the money aside because... Yeah. That's not the way to think. But when they leave, you don't need to be left with hurt to yeah. go to another church. And that's it. There's no care in that church. So before you can see me, we do like this. You know, so there's always that, especially a young church, you know, the pastor literally almost sometimes makes the church his own bride. But the mm. church is the bride of Christ. So looking back in 20, um, uh, 20, 27 years of ministry, um, wow. in total or even more for me uh, it's it's mm. it's fulfilling because God sent you but there's some things that afterwards if you ask him you say that one I didn't send you <laughs> <laughs> you did over syllabus because you could have said no you could have sent said some other time you could have yeah. said okay um I have, I'm engaged at that time. Because if you put in your diary the time you spend with your spouse, the time you spend with your children, you are engaged. You don't have to tell them that. I, yeah. That is the time I, I've given my wife Mondays, I'm giving her Mondays, or Mondays before noon is her time. No, when you say that, there's a when I say, ah, no, I will beg mama. I will, ah, don't worry, she will release you just for this Monday. No, you don't have to say, if you're engaged, you're engaged. 
You don't have mm. to say what you are engaged or who you are engaged with. You don't have to say, okay, it's my son's birthday, I will come. And some people say, hey, but what time will you do the birthday now? She'll be busy with me and you can come to her own in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> people, oh my God. So when his thing happened, I just thought, oh my God, it's, but thank God that it got mm. fixed, it got repaired. Um, so God is not the author of confusion. Like God says it, right? He doesn't say, this is what I should eat. Monday, Nikkei, you will eat cereal, okay? Or Dio, you eat, um, you like bread and eggs. So always eat bread and eggs. Mondays and in the afternoon, <laughs> eat that. No, he just believes that you do enough research to put what is good into your body. Sometimes doesn't tell us some operational things, some nitty gritty, and sometimes he would. I know yeah. some of us are real spooky like that. Mm, Holy Spirit. <laughs> you open the cupboard, you're like, tell me what I should. God, we just, come on, get out of my music. That's the prayer point. But please, please, please. When souls are perishing, when there are things that you should, I'm not saying that is not important though, for you to pray about, but the thing is, yeah. You're supposed mm-hmm. to have prayed a general prayer and done a research and have a timetable for yourself. And then mm-hmm. you're supposed to have stopped healthy food. So when you open it, whatever you take is good for you. Not that you have cookies, ice cream, and everything. I think, mm, cookies <laughs> or salad. <laughs> <laughs> Do you understand? So that's why I think that God is, yes. So I think that even in our marriage, we have the word of God, you know, mm-hmm. it says, except. Um, um, a wise woman builds her home mm-hmm. and a foolish one pulls it down. Um, every house is built by some man and he that builds all things is God. So men are to build, women are to build. Um, the Bible talks about a woman submitting to her husband and husbands love your wives, your wife. And the Bible also talks in Ephesians 5 about um, submitting to one another in the fear of God. The Bible mm. talks in First Peter preferring her as the weaker vessel, you know, and all of that. So we have the scriptures, but we also have common sense. So if, mm. if you know how you want the end result to be, you will try to balance things. Because my dear, looking back now with hindsight, I can tell people now that even before you start as a pastor's wife or a pastor or your young pastor's wife, just borrow sense though, because <laughs> at the end of the day, yeah. People can live. Nobody is tied to a church for life. Yes. Do you see? God can move people on, relocate to another place. Thank God for yeah. online now. So people can say, oh, I'm still your member from Canada. Oh, I'm still your member from, you know, but people can move. People can move to other churches. They can be in a church for five years and they can come and see you feel led to move to another church. And it could be the same church in the city. And you are not supposed to have any anger. Why? Because you don't own them. No. You don't own people. And that's one thing I want to say to pastors and pastors' wives. Yeah. Like, you do not own anybody. No. Uh, they are the sheep of your flock or your whatever. God owns everybody. We are all the sheep of his pastor. But he yeah. gives people, he allows people to come so you can take care of them spiritually. For a season, if they feel they want to move on to another, they should not be afraid. And I think that's members right. too should be able to tell their pastor, especially if they're workers or if they're, they can tell the pastor directly, they can tell their leader above them and the leader lets yeah. the pastor know, oh, this person is moving on. And the pastor will say, are you sure this is okay? Oh, sure. She said, you know, they yeah. led or yeah. they moved to another part of the city and they yeah. found a church 
you know, yeah. sometimes it could be your branch, sometimes it could be a church where you are you birth from yours, and sometimes it could be a church that has no semblance at all to your own ministry. You have to let people go, and that's why people too should not be afraid to come and say hey, we're moving on because it's still the same body of Christ. Come to think about it, worldwide. Yeah. As long as they're not backsliding, they're not going back into the world, they're not saying leaving church and I'm not going to church anymore. I'm not, I'm going to become an atheist or idol worshiper. You're like, eh, mm-hmm. where come? Then you know you have lost a ship, you know? Yeah. But if they're moving to another church and you're sure that um, they're able to say, we're just led or it's more convenient for us to be those, yeah, because of convenience. So because of convenience, you know? <laughs> no, all those blackmailing, all those, those things, they are wrong. They are cultish thinking and yeah. they are controlling, mm-hmm. controlling, yeah. And God doesn't like that. He wants us to be brave and courageous and release people because we're releasing them to higher things, to do what they feel led to do. Don't say, eh, so yeah, sure. Yeah. Well, God didn't tell me, he has to tell me, but why must God tell you as the pastor first that they are moving on? Why, who are you? So there's a lot of humility that is required on the part of the pastor and the pastor's wife. 